Hey everybody, it's your DM Andrew. A couple of quick notes before we get into the episode. We had a bit of a technical snafu and my entire track for this episode dropped out. So if I sound weird, if I sound like I'm way far away from the mics, it's because I was. Sorry that the audio quality sucks. I promise that it will pick right back up again. On to the second thing. Exciting news, we recently reached a couple of big milestones uh, in Twitter followers and downloads, and we were so excited about it that we decided to do a giveaway. We're giving away a handmade dice bag made by yours truly, and I actually did hand embroidery on it for the first time, which came out a lot better than I honestly had expected. So if you want a chance to win that, complete with a set of dice and maybe a couple extras in there, uh, go over to our Twitter at Beholder underscore S. That post is pinned right to the top of our Twitter. Give it a like, retweet it, and make sure you're following us. All right, that's enough for me. Why don't we get into the episode? Welcome, brave traveler, to Salandrian. A city steeped in murder, mystery, and madness. Stagnation and complacency have run rampant, and something monstrous churns behind the dark. A group of private investigators are the only thing that stands in the way of injustice and despair. Let us join them now for another exciting episode of... The Beholder's Eye! I'm going to look up at Marilyn and say, <coughs> Marilyn, who is the protectorate? Marilyn looks to the three of you and she says, Okay, well, there's, there's a lot I can't tell you. Um, what can you tell us? She's She walked into the door, right? Into the room? Uh, she's still standing in the doorway. Are we with, how close am I to her? Uh, you, all three of you are on the opposite side of the room from her, but this room is only about 10 feet. Can I see her? So, yeah, your your eyes have <laughs> come back enough for you to make out what's going on in the room. <laughs> I would like to try to sort of casually saunter, not like intimidating, like just slowly walk closer to Marilyn and try to get between her and the door. Okay. I'd like to walk closer to Marilyn as well, but just like to her face, like like we're about to talk. Okay, so as the two of you start to come towards her, she steps into the room and closes the door behind her. As the door closes behind her, I sort of put my arm on the wall behind her. I'm like, that isn't going to be enough, Marilyn. Okay, I don't. Now I get intimidating. I did not kill this. I will tell you that right away. You might know who did. Perception check to see if she's lying. Insight. Insight. Let me do an insight check. Yeah, I might be more insightful. Up there, lazy. Is that a seven or a one? I one. Can't tell them Not a seven. <laughs> you have. <laughs> We're bad detectives. <laughs> I'm off my game today. I just got poked in the eye twice. Did you roll? A two. A two. Okay. 
Both of you take her at her word. <laughs> I think she's good, man. I'll make an insight check as well. Uh, I get a 10. Wow, with a plus six. Come on. <laughs> All three of you. Marilyn can do no wrong. The three of you are able to get a good read on Marilyn when she says that she didn't kill Iran. Um, but Torin, you're able to tell that she at the very least seems to believe it. Like it's a pretty convincing statement from her. And Okay. She she says, Okay, look, I know I know you all have a lot of questions, and honestly, honestly, there's not a lot I can tell you. The protectorate is very secretive. I'm good at keeping secrets. Marilyn, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a grapple. I'm gonna attack her with a grapple. So as Lazy says this, uh, you go to reach out to grapple her? Just a nine. Lazy, as you tell Marilyn that you can keep secrets, Torin kind of jumps the gun and goes to grab Marilyn, and she very easily is able to slip out of his grasp several times. And the second time that he tries to grab her, she actually almost knocks him fully off balance, but he's able to recover enough to try and grab her again, and then she finally does knock him to the floor. So what I'm picturing is two really bad dancers. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. I shake my head in disgust. I do the same thing. And now, Torin, you're on the floor. As this uh, situation kind of resolves itself, Marilyn says, oh, Okay, just stop for a minute. Let me explain. Okay, well, I already tried not letting you explain, so I guess I'll try the other thing now. We'll see how that goes. I do a rolling motion with my claws. Yeah. Orant and I are members of the Protectorate. That much you seem to have surmised from yourselves. I was his contact within the city. We, we tend to work in pairs, so not many people know who is even in the Protectorate. There's a symbol that we give each other to let each other know of our involvement. I don't seem to see it here on his body or within his belongings, so I'm assuming that whoever killed him took it with them. As for that, the- When she says that, I give her a piece of paper. I'm like, show me the symbol. I can't. If I was to do that, I would, I would surely be dead within a day or two. The Protectorate is extremely secretive. They have ties to just about every organization in this city, and he was here to see about the beholder, or not the beholder, did I, excuse me, <clears throat> the Church of the Open Eye. Yes, yes, um, well that was where I was going to with this. The, the person that I put him in contact with was a cultist, I guess you could say, from the Church of the Open Eye. What was the cultist's name? His name was Gorin Black. He's a human. Um... I don't know him personally. I found him through several acquaintances and contacts. Had to call in a few favors this time, but... Does the Protectorate serve to protect these individuals? Yes, no, the... I guess, really, the best thing I can tell you is that the Protectorate has the entire world's best interest at heart. We've managed to set up a network of communication 
across the world, and there's some very scary stuff happening out there. So as she's saying this, I sort of look down and shake my head. And, Freaking zealots! Yes, exactly. The the most religious among us seem to be susceptible um, to these cults, but... She thought I was talking about the bad guys. I was talking about her and the yeah. protectorate. The Church of the Open Eye, they, um... They've been doing some very bad things within the city, and we are we're looking to shut them down, but we need to get into their organization and that was the purpose of Urant coming here um Torin I'm sure he did not tell you any of this but no he was going to basically have both of you join the church of the open eye for a short period while you were able to extract as much information from it as possible and return to us at which point we would, uh, we would have protected you. The Beholder's Eye has done it! Now that I think about it, that is kind of what we've been doing with other religions. If, Marilyn, if you told us this, the symbol, is this how the Protectorate would kill you? Would they kill you by draining all the fluids out of your body in the middle of the night, noisily? Oh, God, no. I'd just disappear. There would be no trace. So... And someone would replace me as the uh, person who runs this establishment. This is actually kind of a front for the protectorate in a lot of ways. I've already said a bit too much on that, though. I was going to say, you know, for someone who said you weren't going to tell us too much, you're being pretty open, and I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> We's trustworthy. I'm guilty about your friend here, and Arant was a, a very loyal member we worked together on a few missions, so I'm, I do feel bad about him dying. Yeah, he's a good guy, yeah. So I look at Marilyn, and I ask her, Where can I find the Gorin? So, Gorin, um, I, I would assume that, I mean, you could find him with the rest of the Church of the Open Eye, but he was... Yeah, I can't go back yeah. there, man. <laughs> he, oh, you've, you've dealt with them before. Yeah, them guys are dicks. He was supposed to go... Uh, to come here to, today, and... What time is he supposed to arrive today? Oh, he was already supposed to be here. He was supposed to be here this morning. He was supposed to meet with Urant and Torin, and that was when they were going to follow him back to the, you know, the place where they are and, and become members of their society. Um... I have a strong feeling, though, that he showed up early and knew what our plan was. For some reason, the, the Church of the Open Eye seems to be privy to information they shouldn't have. Yeah, they're slithery. You've dealt with them before? What are they, what are they like? They're a little culty, murdery. They are like tentacles. I would like to ask Marilyn if I can have the body. Can I take these? Yes, um, um. I take it and put it in my home. No? Uh, because he's dried out and emaciated, right? Yeah. I grab him by the tail and I literally throw him over my shoulder and I walk out. Yeah, but that's very suspicious. Yeah. No, we don't want to be suspicious. I am going to put him in my home. Home. 
Oh, I my house is on my wrist. She uh, wears an extra dimensional space. Whoa. I let Lazy convince me that this is a bad idea, but I do point out that we should take him to Father Francis. I say lead the way. As Swifty, as you go to pick up the body, you notice that it is extremely light. Like, even lighter than you thought it was going to be. Like, before she convinces me to let her have it, I swing it around a little bit. <laughs> I, I would uh, imagine that Torin probably wouldn't like that very much. I, 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 yeah, I'm freaking out. I'm crying a little bit. I give Swifty, like, the hold on a minute, and I go in my house and, like, lay down a tarp. Uh, I'm, I'm outside being like, I don't understand how this helps you investigate his death while he's just spitting him around. <laughs> <laughs> you are not a detective. <laughs> God, that's so true. I really don't understand your profession. We must see if he is aerodynamic. Swifty, as you're swinging this corpse around, like a lasso, pretty quickly, and she's able to set up a spot for the the corpse to land in her home, and takes comes back out and takes the bangle and just kind of catches the body on one of your spins, and the body lands very nicely inside of her house, and. I give her a disappointed look, and I walk out of the room. I shake my head. Let's go! Marilyn is standing there horrified, and it's just like, I... I've heard things about your organization, and I... I... I just... I don't know if I can... I flip Marilyn a business card and say, best in the business, and walk out behind Swifty. And as I walk out, I give her a Fonzie. As I leave, I give her... I think I'm, I think I'm going to settle on a 2.5 stars out of five. As the three of you leave the sleeping giant, you're not really, no one really notices you go. And as you walk out of the front door, you see four guards walking towards you. And for a moment, it looks like they're going to stop you. And they say, move along, citizens. We have a murder to investigate. I just keep going. I sort of chuckle and I keep going. Lazy and Swifty, you know from your previous dealings with the Church of the Open Eye that uh, Father Callahan over in the religious district is usually the best person to ask about these kind of things. As you head over there, though, as you're getting closer to his temple, you notice that something's not quite right. With the temple or with us? With the temple. It seems to be as if seen through a mirage. I'm going to use perception because okay. we notice something is going on. So yeah. I'm going to try to perceive what's going on. Yeah, it, and it seems to be only affecting Father Callahan's temple. That building of 18. I'll search religion at 15. Okay, I'll roll insight uh, at a plus six. 16. All three of you, through your various checks actually, uh, kind of get the same feeling off of this weird mirage effect that's happening uh, something is weird lazy as you're as you're specifically staring at it and kind of trying to figure out what's going on here you feel that tingle in oh your God, third my, arm and my arms tingling Torin, this is a new sensation for you as you're staring into this weird shimmering mirage can we just get a book for that guy too feel an odd tingling at the base of your skull and you feel like the it, the closer you all get to it you start to feel more and more like the fabric of reality is warping around you and 
you start to hear as you get closer muffled noises coming from inside the temple. Are there people the on the street around us? No, the streets are completely deserted. Oh, okay. the, the religious district is going to sacrifice an urchin and see if that did anything to him. The religious district isn't very popular busy since anyways. there was that. Uh, I'm going to. I have stillness of mind, so I can just take an action to end an effect causing me to be charmed or frightened. So I'm just going to do that to see if it makes this effect go away. So if this is a charming, then I will okay. stop having it. You try to steal yourself and see if this is some sort of magical effect being put upon you, and it's it has no real effect. Uh, the, the shimmer is still there, and you can see that it, it starts to actually kind of pulse in a weird way, almost organically. And you can see in the windows of, all three of you now are you know looking at this temple, you can see in the windows flashes of outlines of people. Um, and one of them, Lazy and uh, Swifty, you can kind of tell that it is the outline of Father Calvin. Uh, from knowing him and it looks like he is possibly fighting someone inside and you're still hearing screaming coming from it i if, run if in you don't have or you're gonna run in yeah I'm i not, like father Callahan. i'm not going to run in just yet i have a plan you're gonna take a step back okay i'm gonna run in as well uh, just let me be third to act i brush in corin and lazy i'm gonna have you roll just a straight d20 for me eight Eight. Hey, hey. Both of you, as you pass through, as you're getting closer to the temple to run in, there's kind of a, a delineation between where this mirage starts and stops. And as you're crossing that line, both of you kind of feel a weird, sick feeling at the base of your stomach. Lazy, you, as you're passing through this bat, this barrier, um, that, that feeling of sickness intensifies for a second, and that tingling in your left arm gets really intense for a second, and then it passes as you pass through the barrier. Torin, on the other hand, as you pass through this barrier, you feel just nasty. You, every part you of you starts to feel like it's weird and shifting. You come out of the other side of the barrier, and for a moment, you are too distracted to take on what is going on around you, or take in what is going on around you, because you suddenly feel this weird, rational fear of all of the rocks that you can see on the ground around you. I'm afraid of rocks. You are now afraid of rocks. Oh god! Oh my god! We're surrounded by rocks! Ugh. As the two of you pass through this barrier, Lazy, Torrid comes in behind you and starts screaming about the rocks. The first thing that you notice, though, as you come through the barrier, is that this screaming that you were hearing is much, much louder. And it is all coming from Father Callahan. And you can tell that he is screaming for help and he is in pain at times and it's all happening very quickly because as you pass through that barrier it was almost like time reverse dilated where all the things that you heard happening outside happened really quickly and now you're kind of catching up to what's happening in the moment and 
you can see through one of the windows that Father ha- Callahan is being held against the window by a, a figure that he can't quite make out, but is shifting in weird, familiar ways. I run towards him. So is he? I see Michelle and our Lazy and Torin go through the Dillian, the line, right? Yeah, through the, the little field. Yeah, how far is that line from the house? Only about 10 feet, 5, 10 feet. Okay, I pull out my rope and I form a noose as I'm walking up to the line. Okay. And I lasso Torin. Okay. And I reef on it, pulling him out of the field. Okay. In theory, seeing if it affects it once he's out of it. Torin, as you're on the other side of this oh, no. uh, <laughs> reality warping field, you're looking at, I mean, you are just completely frozen in fear at all of these rocks on the ground. And as you're staring and, and screaming about rocks, you feel something tighten around your midsection and feel yourself yanked backward, back through that that reality warping barrier. And as that happens, all fear of rocks goes away from you. And you land on your ass about five feet away from the the barrier with Swifty standing over you. Okay. Try Can again! Go... <laughs> Can I go back into the yeah. field? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, I'm gonna take the lasso off and, and run back in. I'm going to wait, see what happens. Okay. See if I have to lasso him again. At this point, I think I've realized that that field is bad juju. Yeah. Good luck, Michelle. So what are you doing? Uh, Torrin's trying the field again. I'm waiting with the lasso to see Uh, it. So, uh, Torrin, as you run back through this field, you get that horrible sick feeling again but as you pass through the other side it it passes is he still scared of rocks no once you get out of the focus you're no longer afraid of this is round two on the other side and you definitely i mean you remember all of that happening so you kind of have a little bit of an uneasiness towards the rocks but you're not afraid of them anymore for a little while i was worried that any rock could be a crab but now i'm confident in my ability to distinguish between rocks and crabs (laughs) yes so uh you go running up the steps right as lazy is uh making her way into the front room of this temple and the front room of this temple lazy is a place you've been before the last time you were here to talk to father callahan and as you come running in the door on your right-hand side, there is a, a wall about five feet away that has another door in it, and the door is closed, and the screaming is coming from that room. I go to that door. I run over there. You go to open the door, and the door seems to be blocked from the other side. Uh, not necessarily barred or locked, but like something's been shoved up against it. Uh, and Torn, you, you're uh, catching up to her at this point. Swifty, from outside, what you're seeing is as soon as they pass through the barrier, they start to look like they're moving in slow motion. But they are still continuing. They've survived and made it through. Almost like, God, I don't know what the effect is called. Uh, Time dilation? Like, no, where you take a bunch of pictures of like something in movement and you see each frame of it. Okay, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's that. So they're moving, but there's an after image left behind them as they're moving and uh, it doesn't seem to be harming them in any way though 
So you have the building and then the road and the distortion field like right in the middle. Yes. What's on this side of the road? Behind you? Yeah. Uh, more temples. Most of them are deserted. All I need is an anchor point. Okay. Like something I can wrap that rope around. There is a uh, the temple that is directly across the street. Gargoyle, uh, statue, anything like that. Uh, has pillar pillars is is almost like Roman architecture. Okay. After watching them and my little experiment with Torin, yes, I know that roll the dice. What happens once you go into the field? But once you come out of the field, it normally goes away. Yeah. So I take the lasso or the loop and I wrap it around my waist, and I run the rope down around the pillar and then back towards the house as I go into the house or okay. as I go into the field, okay. thinking if something happens. I pull the rope and it pulls me out. out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so as you pass through the barrier, I'm going to need you to make me a D20. Five. Uh, as you pass through the barrier, you feel that weird reality bending sensation. Uh-oh. Welcome, loyal listener, to Inside the Player's Studio with your host and Dungeon Master, Andrew. Hey everybody, it's your DM Andrew, back again with Stephen Buckley, who played who played Torin Yarden today. Hey, how you doing? Oh, fantastic. So glad to have you back again. Me too. Oh, good to be in the studio, you know, back in the booth, do what we do best, playing D&D. <laughs> uh, so, I've got just a few more questions for you, and then we'll we'll let you go. I know it's been uncomfortable in this hot room this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus, you know, my, my manager, my DM manager is like, you gotta get back out there, you know, got another gig tonight. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what inspired you to play Torin? Uh, so, uh, I think Dragonborn are really cool. When I was planning, uh, the campaign I'll talk about later, uh, I was really worried that every player would choose a Dragonborn. <laughs> it's like, oh, what yeah. will I do if everybody's a Dragonborn? And nobody chose Dragonborn, so when I got this opportunity, I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to pass this up. They have breath weapons built into them. I know. They have I strength the and charisma. Oh, come on. When you're, you're actually the, the second guest to be a dragonborn and... Because uh, you have good guests with good oh, taste. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, and uh, Swifty being a dragonborn, when I like found out what, what characters you guys were playing, I was like, I've got to throw him in to both of these because these are two very different dragonborn characters that he's going to react to very differently. Like, and I want to <laughs> see how he, he plays off of those. <laughs> What D&D class would you want to be in real life? So, Torin is a monk because I am not attracted to monks. I was like, well, I don't, I never play monks. I may as well give it a go. Uh, but the, usually the class that I choose is sorcerer, or that's what I think would be the coolest to be in real life. Uh, yeah, right? You're, you know, you're, you're kind of well, rakish. You're wild, wild magic. Yeah. Gotta be wild magic. Yeah, it's always everybody. You gotta go with wild magic. <laughs> the spice of life. Oh, yeah. goodness. <laughs> yeah, wild magic. Because, I mean, also, you just, 
who doesn't love that story of like, oh, you thought you were just a mundane farmhand until one day, whoa, you turned the cow into a giant behemoth. Like, who knows what powers you have? That's oh, yeah. the coolest story. <laughs> Oh, you sneezed, and now you have a beard of feathers. Right. Even Harry Potter is a sorcerer, because he's doing all that stuff with the snake at the beginning, and you're like, is this kid magic, or what's the deal? (laughs) Yeah, that's the best class, hands down. Wizard is good because you can train sorcerers. You know, you can be the wizard uh, expert. Yeah, see, that's that's how I've always looked at it when it comes to magic users and building characters. Is like, do I want to be the know-it-all magic user or the kind of a loose cannon magic user? Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you've ever read uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, but it's there's yeah. a sorcerer, there's a wizard. And, yep. you know, Mr. Norrell seems great in the end, but Jonathan Strange is where it's at. Oh, yeah. It's very oh, much yeah. the order and chaos idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, all right. The last question, my favorite question. I love this one. Uh, what is one. your f- favorite spell in D&D? Uh, so, uh, I, love, I love Charm Person. And I know that's sort of like a basic spell. It's not like uh, elaborate or, uh, or tricky. Uh, but... Yeah. Charm Person, every single time I've seen Charm Person cast, it ends up making the night more enjoyable. Uh, it ends up being like, oh, wow, now, like, when it's successful, obviously. Like, now, yeah. suddenly, this character who was previously, who knows, like, a, a random guard, uh, a threatening henchman, suddenly we get to know about them, and also, they're very friendly. And that's just, like, <laughs> that just always goes well. You always find out more about them than you need to. They're always helpful, but kind of not perfectly helpful like it's oh, just yeah. such a blast yeah yeah and it's I, f- I feel like every dm does the same thing in that situation of well i'm gonna give you just enough information but i'm gonna th- put in as much nonsense around it as possible right right well because you can't you know oh you charm the henchman well here's secret plans uh that's the whole story bada bing bada boom like yeah. that may be realistic i don't really think it is but it's certainly bad storytelling whereas having this person suddenly be like i'd love to show you the plans like you know i gotta talk to you about my uncle tony and you're like yeah. okay yeah. what's or up hey, with him hey you guys want to see my model ship collection <laughs> <laughs> right exactly you guys want to go out and drink the... a beer or something <laughs> <laughs> it gives a texture really to cool. the world of like even the bad guys they're just regular people. Like, they have their bottled ship yeah. collections. <laughs> they can't stop reading, uh, you know, cr- Bolts and Arrows magazine. But, like, oh. whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. No, that actually reminds me of a moment we had uh, in an earlier episode where our one of our guest characters cast... Uh, detect thoughts but he just wanted the surface thoughts didn't want to probe deeper didn't want to let them know he was messing with them <laughs> mm-hmm. and one dude was thinking about what he was supposed to be thinking about there's two guards one dude's thinking about what he's supposed to be thinking about and the other guy is just thinking about ham nothing but ham ham products <laughs> and it's like when when we recorded it and when uh, it came out and like uh some of our uh players don't get to hear the episodes till they come out sure because i like to keep it all separate and i just think yeah. it's better that way uh pedantic but um <laughs> oh, <not at> all. <laughs> exactly uh but i got the same reaction each, like the whole way across of just like wh- why <laughs> it's like, why not 
<laughs> right. What, what, what do you think he's going to be thinking? It, like, it's either it's either going to be yeah, they're both thinking about their job and how good of guards they are. Like, right. think about when you're just standing there daydreaming, doing I'm nothing. I'm not thinking like, about guarding. Your or brain my job. goes into play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah your, your brain goes weird places, and maybe he was just really hungry for ham. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Uh, I we I played in an an, uh, an older like a what's it called Dungeon Crawl Classic campaign recently, where we used a spell that was kind of like Charm Person, uh, except for it also makes the person much less intelligent, and you can get them to say <laughs> one thing. And then, just by the virtue of this system's rules, they are charmed for much longer periods of time, like days and weeks. Oh, uh, no. it's, it's, it's fantastic. So uh, we hadn't gotten the spell to work on anybody because it was it's a, like you know has a low success rate basically. But we got it to work on this yeah. sort of this medium bad sorcerer, and uh, we were you know his guards were rushing the room, and we were the only people in there. We get the lotus stare off on him, and we can tell him to say one phrase. So he says. I'm fine. Everyone go away now because we wanted to get him to get the guards to go away. And that character stuck with us. He kept failing his saves. That character was with us for weeks. And the only thing he could say was, I'm fine. Everyone go away now. What I mean, if you do that to somebody with enough power to... Everybody's going to listen to that. They're gonna be exactly. Like, oh, okay, bye, bye. Sorry to bother you. <laughs> So, uh, where can everybody find you if they want to on social media? Sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I am Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, underscore, with a V. So that's, I'm going to spell it out because it is intentionally confusing in an audio medium. <laughs> Why did I go into podcasting? Uh, it's S-T-E-P-H-E-N, underscore, W-I-T-H-A-V. <laughs> There'll be a link in the description. <laughs> but <laughs> Great call. Good idea. Do that. Look at the yeah. link. Click it. <laughs> That's me. Or at, le- uh, well, at least try to include everybody's Twitter handles in there. Because, yeah, some of them, you can even spell it out. And unless somebody has their phone and they're typing it in right away, you're never going to remember it. <laughs> right. Good luck, listener. Uh, if, yeah. you, if you manage to get that on the first try, uh, you, you have a talent and we need to make it a sport because I would love to watch this. <laughs> You're you are a excellent social media ist. <laughs> uh, so, do you have any projects that you want to promote? I do. Uh, I am also the DM for a D and D podcast, and oh, that podcast, know? yeah, what are the odds? Uh, that podcast is second best D and D. So, I would like to promote that. Uh, it's a fun adventure. There's it's a bunch of New York City comedians uh, playing through a. a Oh, fantasy plot. It's it's shenanigans. It's very enjoyable. It's very good. It's very Thank good. Thank you. Thank uh, you very much. <laughs> oh, no problem, man. Uh, and yeah, I'll have a link uh, to your Twitter for that and uh, That'd be good. I'll get a I'll get a link to your do you have a website or uh we don't at the moment. Spoilers, okay. we will at some point. <laughs> nice. Uh, <but laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll have links to everything that you've got open at the moment. Um Sounds good. In the description. Oh, God. <coughs> I felt that coming on. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a great time. We had a great time playing with you. And uh, if you ever want any guests 
on your uh, podcast, you know where to Ooh. come find some people. <laughs> All right, we're dabbling. We might uh, we might have some guests coming up, so I will let oh, you know. <laughs> trust me, it's a, a bit of a logistical nightmare if you're running everything. <laughs> yeah, I um, we've started talking about it, and even just beginning, like where would they enter? Is like oh, we don't have a hook that like you have a base. You don't have a base, and I'm like, what? Do they just wander up to the party, and they're like, I'm your friend now. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, It'll, I'm I'm excited. We'll, we'll we'll do it in the future. Uh if you listen stay tuned and also I'll I'll keep it in mind, Andrew. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I had fun playing with you all too. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Yeah. Uh till next time everyone. Bye. Bye. Swifty, as you pass through this barrier, you feel a weird sensation in your throat. Kind of right around where your... Where my poison sacks are, my acid sacks. Acid sacks are. <laughs> and Odd feeling in my side, acid sacks. As, you, as you're starting to feel this change happen, you fall asleep. And now you are sleeping just on the other side of this barrier in the grass holding on to that rope, but you are sound asleep. <laughs> so yeah, your effect was you gain a troglodyte's breath weapon, but also fall asleep. Okay, in my Sorry. my plan was good in theory. <laughs> Until you fell asleep. Yeah. And I'm not even near you. No, you guys are ahead. I, I, I wish you luck in the battles to come. Yeah. I accidentally just clicked on Spotify. <laughs> Sleeping in front of the house. Anyways, so lazy and... I did get poison though, right? Yeah, now you have a poison breath weapon as well as acid. Cool. You can choose, bet choose yeah. between the two. Good luck, guys. Torin and Lazy, you make your way to this uh, this block door. Would you guys like to combine your monkly efforts? Yeah, and should we? just drop kick the shit out of this door? Yeah, but... Because that yeah. would be amazing. My can strength sucks. It? Yeah, can we attack it like we're... Like, let's do our monk attacks so that it's using decks instead of strength. Yeah, can we do that? Beat yeah. the crap yeah. out of this door. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, let's kick it together in unison. So yeah, yeah. I'll just have each of you make me just a single uh, attack roll. I look, I look over, over and I say, teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> let's do this, Torin. Let's do this, lazy. Got 20. I'm just cuddling my rope oh. out front. What'd you get, Torin? I rolled a natural 20, so I got a 28. Oh, shit. Nice. Okay. okay. So. This door is like splinters. Um, I don't know if either of you are Dragon Ball Z fans, but I'm sure we have some out there. The two of you are able to do the fusion dance perfectly, <laughs> right? And at the moment where you would fuse, you both kick this door. Lazy, your foot lands a little bit sooner than Torin's, and you feel a little bit of give back, but you can tell that this door is kind of moving. And Torin, as your foot lands, and the two of you push in on this at the same time, this door and everything that was behind it basically explode inward into the room. Awesome. Which actually has the added effect of pushing this odd 
shifting form off of the body of Father Callahan. The body of Father Callahan is now sitting in the The body of? Yeah, I don't like how you keep saying the body of. Yeah, me either. I'm really (laughs) not liking that. (laughs) You can see that Father Callahan looks like most of the color has been drained from his body. I go over to him and do a medicine check. Okay, go ahead and make that medicine check. 23. Uh, With that medicine check, you run up to the body of Father Callahan, and you see that he's still breathing. Mm Mm-hmm. He still seems to have a very, very light pulse. But you can see that most of the color is drained from him, and his mouth is hanging open, and you can see some of those same marks on the inside of his mouth. Uh, And as you're checking him over, he kind of snaps back to consciousness. I try to stabilize him. And he's he's breathing really shallowly, and he says, "You, You have to kill the creature. Burn its body. Scatter the ashes in water. If I don't make it, it was the open eye. And he loses consciousness again. Don't talk like that, stranger. You're, you're going to make it, whoever you are. You're going to be just fine. You're able to stabilize him, Lazy. But he seems like he might be dying. The weird shifting shape that got knocked back into the, the far corner of this room, which that you can see now that this room is... Father Callahan's personal chambers. There's a a desk at one end and a bed at the other, and there are a few uh, visages to moot the god of death. And as this shifting shape starts to move again, it starts pushing off the other furniture that was in this room that had been stacked in front of the door, as well as the door. And Swifty from outside, uh, make me a constitution check. Or a constitution save, rather. 21. You suddenly snap awake to the sound of crashing. Like, you you just hear something really loud hit a floor somewhere, and it wakes you up. So I I look in that direction, and I slowly stretch, taking my time and then start meandering that way. You start to hear uh, more crashing noises and a voice coming from inside and Lazy and Torin, this weird shape kind of unfolds itself out from under all of this, this furniture and the door and you can see that it's vaguely humanoid, but well, it's fully humanoid. It's a human. The man is fully shaved, but coming out of his mouth, the bottom half of his jaw is completely split open. And coming out of the lower half of his face is a long, thick, black tentacle, the entire surface of which is covered in suckers. Okay, so I I hear this shit and I go into sneak mode and I start going stealthily. Okay, make me a self check. 14. I try to attack this creature. Yeah, me too pretty immediately yeah let's let's mess this thing up as the two of you go to attack this creature the the tentacle kind of waves from side to side and everyone in the building within your your heads you can hear an odd voice say the priest is mine i must finish it 
so when the creature announces that, is that like an area effect, or can he tell who no, he's talking to? But like he can. Oh, it's an area effect, yeah. So he can't tell I'm there. Yeah, no. no That's that no, was my it's question. Just, it's sent out to everyone. Cool, cool. Everybody roll for initiative. I got a sixteen. Oh, I got an eight. I got ten. The monster is the first to act. Torin and Lazy, as the two of you start to move towards this monster, he whips that tongue around and it wraps around his head completely and kind of touches back to itself and his eyes roll back in the back of his head and I'm going to need both of you to make a wisdom save. 18. 13. Lazy and Torin, you start to feel a bit weird for a moment as this guy's eyes roll back in his head and you feel like he's casting some sort of spell on the two of you but you're both able to shake it off and that tentacle whips back around and sticks out from his mouth and starts to just sway back and forth in the air. And lazy, it's your turn. Woohoo! Okay, I'm gonna rush up to him and hit him with my quarter staff right in the kisser. 18. Yeah, that hits. For 11, and I'm gonna do it again. 17. Yeah, that hits. Another 11, so 22. All right. And then I'm gonna just knee him. Knee him, all right. <laughs> I want to hit him with my sharp knees. Was that last one? That one. <laughs> okay. So, Lazy, you run up on this weird tentacle man, and you're able to bring your staff around for a really good knock against the side of his head, and then quickly bring it back into his midsection and double him over and you go to bring your knee up back into his face and completely miss and slip backwards and fall on your butt. Mm. So you're on your butt. You're not fully prone. Um, but you're sitting in front of him now. And now Torin, it's your turn. How much movement speed do I have left? Oh, um, I mean, he was only about 10 feet away, so you got at least 20 feet. I'm gonna stand up. Okay. And back up. Okay. So yeah, Torin, now it's your turn. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm gonna run up to him with my fists, my favorite kind of fists, my favorite kind of weapon, no weapon, and I'll just try to punch him a bunch. So first I'll use my two, so I was wrong before, I only get two attacks per round, not three, my bad. Oh, okay. Uh, without, so, but they all failed. I was gonna so say, yeah, they were still bad, so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to roll to hit. Uh, oh, wow, natural 20. Nice, nice. So yeah, uh, double damage. So that's 14 damage. And now my, so that's 14 from the first attack. My second attack, uh, 14 to hit. Does not hit. Darn, okay, I'm going to spend a key point. Okay. After I take an attack action to use Flurry of Blows and make two more attacks. All right. 25 to hit. That hits. Eight damage. And I've got something called open hand technique, which is whenever I hit with one of these attacks that I spent key on. Yeah. I can knock them prone, push them, or they can't take reactions. So I'm going to knock uh, this person prone. This is the last attack. It's a 25 to hit again. So seven more damage, really consistent rolls. Uh, and they, this, this being can't take reactions uh, until my next turn. So it's 27 total damage, and now he's not prone and can't react. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Torin, you run up, and uh, what kind of weapon do you use? His fist. Uh, just all fists fist. all the time? All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. All fists all the time. 
So you run up and you are able to land a couple of really good hits and focus a bit more and get even more hits on him. Um, enough to knock him down and stun him a bit. And as this monster's laying on the floor, uh, Swifty, it's your turn. Do I have advantage against him because he hasn't noticed me, so he should be surprised by me? So while Torin and Lazy are doing this stuff, I'm sitting out in the hallway just, like, filtering through my pockets, going, like, making a plan, making a plan. And I pull out my candle, and I light it, and I set it right inside the door where my foot would be when I step into the doorway. Okay. And then I pull out my flask of oil, and I step into the doorway, and I throw my clay flask at this prone guy on the floor, and then I smile at him and kick the candle to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, make a, uh, a dex uh, attack on throwing the... Throwing the flask. Yeah. 22. Burn man! You prepare a nice little trap. Well, a nice little attack, I guess. Uh, and Maybe contraption? And it hits the form of this monster on the ground and breaks over his chest and <coughs> douses him completely in oil. And you kick the candle and it takes a second to roll over there, but it lights the oil on fire it's not necessarily like a gasoline fire so it's not gonna no but it should last you would think yeah no it, it starts burning and now he's on fire yeah and that, i would think that would do like a constant damage or a regular damage at least yeah my plan of action worked even if it was a weak hit so he's he's gonna take two de- uh two damage on this round so now that it's his turn he's gonna start batting at his body but he starts actually spreading the fire more yeah oil. yeah and we thought about that the tentacle that's been whipping around out of his mouth starts to retract in and as he's doing that in your heads you can hear no 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 and then halfway through that it cuts off and as the tentacle is retracting completely into his mouth and the two halves of his jaw that had opened up to let the tentacle out don't go back together and he starts making this horrible like noise with his mouth of just kind of like oh, 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 like like he's trying to say no. And as that happens, you the weird reality uh, reality affecting mirage that was around this building drops. Distortion field is gone. And everything around you, you feel this weird sense of time kind of snapping into place. We still have our effects. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but outside, you can now hear voices of several people kind of like, oh, what's happening? Kind of just talking, like you can hear him through the window. And this man that's laying on the ground now is um, kind of choking and his mouth starts to bleed a bit where it had split. And it looks like before it was just completely separated and it never went back together. And all those wounds are now opening up and he's starting to bleed out. Do you have a plan, Michelle? No, we just want to let him burn. Father Callahan said, torch the body, spread the ashes. Yeah, over water. I'm not sure the body is what Father Callahan was talking about. I think he might have been talking about the creature that is currently inhabiting the body. Yeah. So if you guys don't mind... Well, uh, Torn, were you checking out uh, Father Callahan? Yeah, I want to give him... I bought five potions of healing, so I'm just going to give him one. 
Okay. Um, so as you're you're dumping this potion of healing into his mouth, he he kind of coughs and comes back to consciousness, and you see a lot of color immediately come back to him, and he says, "Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, that feels much better." Um, did you did you all take care of the the monster, the the thing that was attacking me? So while he's talking to Father Callahan, I'm gonna walk up to the monster who's still prone and on the ground, correct? Yeah. And I'm going to take out one of my daggers and holding the head down carefully, I'm going to try to cut into the throat and like try to, I'm trying to grab the tentacle and like pull it out. Wow, this dude's still alive? Okay. Oh yeah, he's he's a monster. Fuck him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I'm not going to let him. I mean, he's... This will kill him. I understand that. But if we're supposed to kill the monster... It's in your name, bro. As you're as you're doing that, uh, you don't find any trace of this tentacle. Like it's gone. There's nothing inside of him. You and as you're cutting him open, he fully dies. Okay, so at and, this point, I'm willing to go along with the plan of burning the body, but I'm still suspicious that we did not get the job done here. But as as you're doing that, and Torin is checking over Father Callahan, he says, uh, "Is the is the tentacle gone? Is it still in there? Because he he sees what you're doing." Uh, I don't. I think we we beat it up, but I don't think it's doesn't look like we it's still in the body. Do you know where it came from? Father Callahan says there's there should be dig a little deeper. There should be a uh, um, some sort of gem or rock or some sort of focus inside of there. So I literally like grab this guy, but by, by what remains of his neck and start pulling him apart and digging with my claws, two handed, like. Jesus As you do this. Uh, Oh, God. Like painting this guy on the floor. I'm like pretty disgusted by this, and I'm like, being a detective is so much more savage than I imagined it. You must not miss any clues. How are you responding to this, Lazy? I turn around, or I turn like to look the other way as okay. this is going on. Lazy knows what's and, up. Yeah, um, tend uh, to Father Callahan. As you're digging in this man's guts. Uh, <laughs> You find in his stomach a small, a round, perfectly round obsidian sphere with runes etched into the surface. It seems to be completely inert. There seems to be nothing coming off of it. Um, as you pull it out of the body, though, and Father Callahan sees that, he says, Yes, that's it. You need to go and burn that. Take the ashes from that fire and scatter them in the nearest source of water. Okay. You run off to go do that? No. Okay. You just put it in your pouch? Uh, yeah, I like, I pull a pouch out that's almost empty and I empty it into something else. So this stone is the only thing in this pouch all by itself. And I like double wrap it and shove it in like a deep pocket. I take care of it. As the three of you are kind of surveying the situation and Father Callahan is, is catching his breath. After he shredded the body, yeah. I want to see if it is um, that Garen fella. Okay. Okay. Is there any sort of identifying oh, yeah. Deploy, uh, yeah. markers? <laughs> like, is there any, like, does he have an ID or a wallet? Well, I mean, that's pretty torn up uh, from his mouth to his belly. Uh, but he does have a belt that he's wearing with some pouches on it. And you are able to find a, a, uh, a symbol that denotes his involvement in the Church of the Open Eye. You, I mean, you recognize the symbol instantly. And 
As you turn it over, there's a few dwarven runes carved into the back, some script there. And it does seem to be that this man was at least in a black. Okay, well, that's 50% of what we were looking for. He's got it written in, like, the inside of his underwear or something. Yeah. yeah. A GB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you're looking over the body from the floor, Father Callahan says, So, I'm guessing y'all were, were coming to, to ask me about this guy because he was asking me about you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, how the heck did you get embroiled in this situation? Well, I was uh, just sitting in my office here, like I normally do every Friday night, going over the sermon that I'm going to give this weekend that no one is going to attend. But while I was sitting at my desk, there was a knock at the door. I opened the door, and this man immediately started attacking me. As soon as this tentacle came out of his mouth. I knew what I was dealing with. You guys... What is it that you're dealing with, that we're dealing with? Yeah. I've I've had some suspicions for a while, and I've talked to, to Aldalar about this a little bit, and he seems to be able to confirm some of this, that these, these Church of the Open Eye guys, they, uh... They worship one of the old gods. So, while you guys are talking to the priest... I'm gonna go back and make like a snow angel in the blood and the entrails. God, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, are you just frolicking in all of this? So, they're worshiping the old gods? There's not many places I can get away with this, and in the Temple of Death seems like a good one. <laughs> Especially when we just saved the dude. Yeah, no, he doesn't mind at all at this point. He gets what's like, up. Father Callahan says, um, well, the. The old god that they they seem to follow it it seems to change from one to another, but it all it's all fucking tentacles. It's always tentacles. And as I hear that, I say, I fucking hate tentacles. Me too. These followers, they they seem to have something implanted in them that lets them access a fraction of the power of this god and. It manifests as tentacles, very dangerous tentacles, poison tentacles, acid tentacles, electric tentacles. We've and just sucks the life out of reports of all sorts of things. As he tells them this, I'm still frolicking in the background and yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to put this stone under Barry's pillow in his office. Jesus Christ. Okay. Sorry. This will be a good break. <laughs> Lazy's giving me a death glare here. <laughs> I've traveled around the place studying religions, so I want to know if I have heard anything about this tentacle religion or if it sounds like, oh yeah, rings a bell. Within your travels, you've actually heard mixed stories about humans setting up religions in various towns and usually either they're run out of town for being, you know, bad people and trying to hurt people, or these towns just completely disappear and the people are gone, or are taken over by monsters of one kind or another. While the four of you, or the four of you, or 
Three? Father Callahan are sit- sitting in this room. Oh. Um, you start to hear that mob outside, and and one of the voices speaks up and says, What's happening? And Father Callahan says, I, I'm going to have to get up and address this, but... Torin, um, I'm pretty sure that this guy killed a man named Arant. Oh, oh man. Well, that's good. He, I guess. I guess we found him and killed him. He kept. Well, he kept asking me questions about my connection to him and the Beholder's Eye and these investigators, and I'm pretty sure because I wasn't giving him the answers he wanted, he he was gonna kill me. So thank you all for saving. No problem, you know, we do what we can. So they're talking, and I walk past them to the door with, like, blood all over me, dude's lower intestine draped around my neck. <laughs> like a scarf. Yeah, and I open the door, I'm like, yes! <laughs> Temple of Death, how can we help you? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and Father Callahan is trying to push himself up off the floor, and he's still a bit weak, and uh, he turns to Lazy and says, Lazy, can you go... Sp- keep him from we is close today i encourage swifty to go back to the office or she tugs me back yeah pulls on the cape as this is happening um father i push the door closed as i get pulled back turns to you torrent and he says i'm i'm very sorry for your loss um even though we kind of worship death here it it's not something that we like to have happen to people who don't deserve it. Um, I, yeah, I understand. You know, if you're an insurance company, you don't want people's houses to burn down, you know, but it's part of the job. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> so I'm sure if you've gotten this far, you know of his involvement with the protectorate, correct? I know he was involved, yeah. Father Callahan gets up and kind of leans on you, Torin, and he says, so... You're, you're gonna take Erin's position. Um, I'm actually the leader of the Protectorate here in Salandrian, and I'll have everything set up for you. Um, don't, don't mention anything to the, to the guys. They're, they're important, but they don't, they're not ready yet. Okay. No, I get it. Their technique. I gotta say, I'm not a detective, but. I really feel like they could use some oversight or maybe just like a guidebook or something because it's been a wild day. Honestly, you'll you'll come to see that the secretive nature of this organization leads to a lot of red tape and bullshit. It, it sucks, but oh. it's one of the only ways that we're going to save this world. So we'll we'll talk more about it later, though. Let's let's go. Uh, let's go defuse this situation. That's a wrap, people.